Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Today, I'm here with Alexandra. Alexandra Harbushka's life was sent into upheaval when she received a call from her doctor diagnosing her with herpes. Shaking, feeling like her life, goals, happiness, and desires had all gone up in smoke. She left scared shitless and with a new mission to share her story with people like her to let them know their feelings are normal, natural, and that they are not victims. With that mission in mind, she founded Life with Herpes an online community consisting of a podcast, which used to have, we talked about how you used to have a different podcast. I used to listen to it. Very ironic. A podcast, a website, YouTube channel, wellness products to support the skin condition and an online community that provides support all dedicated to shattering the stigma of living with herpes. And anybody who has been listening to the podcast for a long time knows stigma is my jam. That's what I researched. So I'm like, this is right up my alley. So before founding life with herpes, and becoming a mother to her son, Clinton, and a wife to her husband, Bill, Alexandra Alexandra worked in corporate America with roles ranging from Ralph Lauren to selling new home construction to being a mortgage loan officer. Her, that's a lot. (laughs) It's a wide span. Um, It was. Yeah. Her education includes a bachelor's degree from the University of Arizona, a postgraduate certificate, postgraduate Today's not my day. Postgraduate certificate in ministry and is currently working on a master's in theology. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I kind of regret in my um, undergrad not like taking like a theology class because I heard it's like really interesting, but it is. Yeah. Anyway, she is also an ordained minister and provides ministry counseling. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Megan. I'm really excited to be here. And it's, it's such a like, whirlwind because you were saying that you listened to my other podcast back in 2015 and that was like I was pretty green then and like I had no idea what I was doing uh, I, I mean I still feel like I'm green now like six right. years later I'm in my seventh season and I'm like do I really know what I'm doing right right I know I know but hey we're here we're doing yes it. we are here and you're here to share your story yeah. so I'd love for you to kick us we all know how you can get herpes. Like, well, I hope people who are listening do, but like share with us, like when you started to realize like something might be up. Yeah. So I was dating a guy and, um, it was about six weeks after becoming sexually active with him or intimate or whatever you want to say. And, um, all of a sudden we, we did a weekend in Palm Springs and it was Sunday and, you know, we get home and, and I'm like, gosh, I just don't, feel right. Mm. Nothing felt right. And I was like, well, maybe I was in Palm Springs and I'm dehydrated and you know, you, you eat different and you drink different and all that. But then I was like, I had this like pain in my groin and I'm like, gosh, that just doesn't feel normal. Mm -hmm. Luckily I had my annual physical that Tuesday. So I thought, well, there's no reason to call the doctor on Monday. There's no reason to go on Monday. I'm going on Tuesday. Right. And as time persisted, you know, like Monday night pain gets worse And then I start noticing some little blemishes. They're not blisters, but little just blemishes. 
And I go, "Uh oh, this isn't good. There's no way this is good. And I had just been tested prior to um, sleeping with him. So I just had a negative um, blood test prior. So I'm like, well, it's not herpes. Like it can't be. And it's not from him. Like it can't be from him. Anyways, um, fast forward, that was a Tuesday and I got my diagnosis on Friday. Um, phone call from the doctor and it was the Friday before 4th of July. So, you know, everything's like shutting down and, and all that. And I remember thinking to myself when I got the phone call, I'm driving and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is in 2011. I didn't have Bluetooth. Right. Um, you know, with my Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my life is over. And, and mm-hmm. I was, I was definitely one of those people that's like, you have to do this, not this. If you do that, your life goes this way. So you do this, your life goes in a positive direction. So I was very much that person and did my best to follow the rules. Like I thought I was a good girl. Right. And yeah. I did those things that I thought were appropriate. And, you know, I went to college and I studied and I got a degree and I got, you know, went in corporate America as you just, I did all those things that I thought I was supposed to do. And at 28 years old, being diagnosed with herpes, I went, what was the point of any of that? Like, why did I go to school? Why did I, um, not do certain things or why did I make certain choices? Because I thought they were the right decision. And how am I going to go forward? Cause I didn't want to marry this guy. Yeah. Um, I knew that when I started dating him, but I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I got bored and he was in my life and it was convenient. And I'm like, well, right now it'll be fun, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh man, now I have to marry him, you know, cause like no one can know. And now I, now I have to. So for me, it felt extremely suffocating. And the only thing I can describe is like, you know, you see those movies of women that wore corsets and they would like mm-hmm. hold onto the bedpost and oh my gosh, yes. Like, you know, pull the strings and pull and pull and pull. And I literally felt like everything was sucked out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a thing that I've never mentioned to like anybody on the podcast before, but the person, the first person I slept with willingly, consensual sex, I found out that he had genital warts. Now, thankfully, I did not get it. But like to find out and have my friend call me like a week later and be like, Hey, I have something to tell you. That was terrifying. And the guy knew he never told me. Right. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and, and there's so that here's the thing about herpes is it's extremely, extremely common. Mm -hmm. Um, roughly 80% of the population has it. And by the time you're 50, 90% of the population has been exposed to it. Yeah. And exposure can lead to years later being diagnosed. So you can be exposed to it at 20 and not get your first outbreak until you're 40, Mm. which is wild to think. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, the thing about herpes is it's one of those things like you really can't avoid it. You Mm -hmm. can do your best. You can have conversations, you can get tested, but the test is only going to show that day. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, it, it doesn't, it, you don't know if it's like percolating in your body. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. He, he knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. warts are different. My friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know, um, cause isn't there a kind of, oh, what is it called? They have a shot for it now. Um, they, they didn't have it when I was a kid. It's like a three series shot. The HPV. They, HPV. Isn't there a strain of HPV that's also herpes? 
No. So okay. that, that's a big question because you have HPV, HIV, and HSV and lots of H's and lots of V's. Okay. And so a lot of people are like, well, are they the same thing? Um, and people come up to me like, whoa, you're like, you're going to die. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, we're all going to die at some point. But what I have is, is, is doesn't cause death or doesn't lead to a weakened state in our body. So, um, HPV human papillomavirus can be the cause of genital warts can be the okay. cause of abnormal pap smears. Um, so that is HPV. And that that's also like, anytime you have a wart on your hand or knee or whatever, that's also HPV. So there's different types and strains. Some are sexually yeah. transmitted. That's, and I'm not an expert in that, but I know. Right. Little- the warts yeah. is where I got it mixed up. I couldn't remember what exactly like quit what sh- there's like different strains, I guess. Right. Yeah. And which, what it was that was associated with it. So I get it. I get it now. I had it, like you said, all the H's like mixed up in my brain. The H's and the P's and the, you get blisters and warts and, and, and I, what is it? So, so yeah. And then HIV is I human immos, immuno something. Immuno something. Yeah. Something. Virus. (laughs) Virus. (laughs) Right. And then HSV is, um, herpes simplex virus. Okay. And the thing about herpes is there's hundreds of different types. The one that we're specifically talking about, the one that has the stigma is mm-hmm. AKA cold sores or HSV1, HSV2 and genital herpes. So they, they all kind of, the names get, get mixed around. People assume that if you have oral herpes, you automatically have HSV1. And if you have genital herpes, you automatically have HSV2. And that's not correct either. They're both interchangeable and go, can go back and forth depending on um, how it was transmitted. Yeah. I've heard that before, actually, like that. It's not like just one or the other. Sometimes they can all just, you know, go together. That's why they say like, um, somebody who has an open sore on their mouth shouldn't do oral, like shouldn't do oral sex on somebody. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest myths. And that's like one of the best, biggest misconceptions that we've had in the recent decades. So until about 40 years ago, we didn't know there were two types. We just thought like, oh, you have it up here, you have it down there. Um, and that, that was kind of it. There wasn't that much around it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have the technology to be able to dive deep enough into viral DNA and be able to say, hey, they're actually different. So there's two types, type one and type two. Um, type one is far more common. Two out of three people have HSV one. And we didn't know as well that oral herpes, when it's oral, if you go down on your partner, you can transmit it genitally. So yeah. now we have a lot of teenagers and a lot of our youth in our twenties that are being diagnosed with genital herpes, but they're being diagnosed with HSV one. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so again, that's something that we just didn't educate and we didn't know, we didn't know. And then we haven't brought the education around it because you know, and sex ed is like, Hey, just use a condom and you'll be oh fine. My God. No, no. Mine was like, don't have sex or you're going to have die. sex. Don't get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That um, sort of thing. And I ended up being a teen mom. So be- apparently that abstinence only does not work. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, exact, exact examples. Um, and so we're not taught to say like, Hey, oral sex is sex and it can be, you can trans the only thing you can't do with oral sex is you can't get pregnant. Yeah. That's pretty it. much. That's it. Everything else is trans transferable, transmissible. And, um, you can get 
oral, you can get oral infections by having unprotected oral sex. Mm -hmm. And I use this example a lot with people because they're like, well, yeah, but it's not as intimate or like, you know, if we don't have a condom, then we'll just do that because it's safer. And I ask people like, if you're at a bar or a restaurant or whatever, and would you walk up to somebody's half eaten burger and start eating it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, then why would you like go up to someone you don't know and have oral sex? Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't right. think it through. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember when I was in my twenties and I was definitely like a hoe and I don't say that offensively at all. Like I had a good time, but I'll tell you the amount of time I, I just lucked out. Right. Because like the amount of times, I mean, I always used to, we always used a condom, but the amount of times we had oral sex and things like that unprotected, it's amazing that I, I got out unscathed. <laughs> like, right. How right. It, it was possible. I don't know. It's like, you know, just rolling the dice because we are not educated about this. That's why I talk to my kids, like in an age appropriate manner about sex. Like I have a 19 year old, so we've definitely had all the talks, um, right. but my 11 year olds, we've talked about really basic things. So they know, so we can build on it. Right. So that they know. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's interesting. You bring that up. I have a, a, well, almost three-year-old. I don't want to say that. I, but I have a two-year-old. Um, but like when I had my period, I let him see that. Yeah. Right. Just so, and he's like, oh, mommy has an owie, you know? And like, well, I mean, and if you have to take your kids in the bathroom with you, cause like you're at target or something, they're gonna see that. Right. right. Like my son, I remember, oh, my youngest are twins. And most people know that like they were little bitty things and I had to bring him in the bathroom. He did the same thing, right? He was like, oh my gosh, mommy has it out. Cause at that time I wore pads. I now wear thinks, but anyways, and he was like, oh my gosh, mommy, are you hurt? And I just like, no, mommy has a period. So we talk about it. Right. Right. So it's not this, like when he's, you know, whatever age he first comes in contact with it, with a girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> he's not like, ew, gross. Like, right. Right. Yeah. And um, my youngest is about to start hers anytime soon. And we are having the full like emotional episodes. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. my babies, my final babies, they're growing up. So like, but it, she's not scared because we've talked about it since she was little. Right. right? Um, so I want to pivot a little bit because people listening who maybe like they're leaving with like, they do, they say STI now, right? Not STD. Yeah, I personally matter. prefer STD, but okay. it is STI because the disease and infection are different, but gotcha. yeah. So, um, how did you navigate dating after that? I, I know you didn't marry the guy. I, I'm right. pretty sure you didn't marry the guy. No. Um, so how did you navigate that? Cause people listening might be thinking like they might be also scared, right. To navigate yeah. the dating scene because I mean, you thought like, nobody's going to love me. Nobody's going to date me. So how did you navigate that? Absolutely. So I, and I truly believed that. And again, I mentioned I was 28. Um, and I, what's so interesting is I want to get to the dating part, but I want to, yeah, no I, I, I knew enough. So I was a sex educator for Planned Parenthood. So I knew a lot about oh, it. Okay. I, knew about, I knew about STDs. I knew about STIs. I knew about herpes. I knew that it could have been dormant in my system for a long time. I knew that. Um, but I also regularly got tested and I, anyways, yeah. Um, with that being said, I went back and told past partners and I went back pretty far. I went back a couple years 
And um, the reason why I did that, number one, I knew that, hey, I could have had this for the last two years, three years and didn't know. And I just wanted to do my due diligence. Um, And just like, hey, just FYI, you know, just be careful and just just like a PSA, you know. Um, And what was very interesting is the responses you get from past partners. And these were guys that I, I had a relationship with long-term relationship with, um, these were not one night stands. These were guys that I, I spent, you know, I had known for 10 years, like these were, these were men that I really trusted in my life. And the response that you get is very awakening because you have some that are like the ones that you're like, I wasn't expecting much out of Like, what can I do for you? Like, can I come, you know, like, can I make you dinner? Or like, what, what do you need? Can I be there for you? Can I, can I help you? Other ones were like, yeah, there's no way it's me. And like, mm, no, it's not me. Right. Um, and the one that I got it from was the absolute biggest jerk. And that was very surprising. He wow. called me names. He kicked me out of his house. Um, told me like, you can never like, d- you're just such, such a slut and da, 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 oh. da. And like, how could you do this to me? And da, 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 da. So my, my emotional side, like, you know, my, my self-confidence was, you know, the size of like a caterpillar, you know, yeah. I mean, I had no, I, 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 and then, and then that carries over into every aspect of your life, your career, your friends, how you treat your body, um, what you're doing to your body. I was binge eating. Um, I would never say that I was drinking too much like alcoholic, but, but, you know, taco Tuesday, no problem. You know, like right. th- those things that, that you're like, sh- you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I definitely was pushing it and not fueling my body healthy, healthy. So I then went back to the guy, stayed with him for two years with, and I continue that caterpillar got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and just continued to, to, to lower. I was turning 30 and I thought, I don't want to marry him. I mm-hmm. cannot marry him. I don't want to be with him. And that idea of turning 30 really kicked something in my face. Cause like, yeah, it you know, you're 20. Yes. And yeah. And, and looking back like 30 is nothing, but 30 is a, like, you need to have your shit together at 30. Right. I was living at home. I had to move home. I got into debt when I was 25. I was paying. It took me five years to pay it off. Um, And I thought I need to get it together. So I thought, okay, 30 is the deadline. And so um, I moved out and paid off my bills. and, And I realized I had to move from this guy. I had to move away because your environment, even though, you know, he could still go to that next house. But your um, environment that you're, you have, you have certain rituals is a weird way to put it, but like you go to the same Starbucks every single day, or you yeah. have certain rituals. And I'm like, I need to totally transform every aspect of my life in order to navigate what we're getting to is the dating yeah, and navigate bringing in someone new to my life and navigate myself of getting my own self-confidence and things like that. And so I decided, so I moved and I thought any man that's going to ask me out, I will say yes. And it doesn't matter if he's tall, short, old, young, fat, skinny, whatever it is, whatever. It doesn't matter. Not my type, my type, whatever it is. I said yes. And I thought the reason why is because if I keep saying no, or you're not it, then I'm putting out the energy that I don't want that. Right. Mm -hmm. 
one of the things that I really learned and that I really teach to my community is when we hear the word dating, we, we associate sleeping together. Right. When we hear the world, you know, dating, we also he- hear the word like, okay, girlfriend, boyfriend and commitment and marriage. Like there's, and what we forget is dating doesn't mean sleeping together and doesn't mean marriage. And so when I got that in my mind, I dated tons of guys. I went on dates. I had fun. And what we don't realize is a date doesn't mean you have to disclose. A date right. is like, you know, you might go on a date and realize like, whoa, okay, you're, we're not on the same page. You know, it could be, we don't have the same religious beliefs or we don't have the same, um, career goals, or we don't have whatever it is and it's just not going to work. So why even disclose? That makes sense. Yeah. And I've wondered if something ever happened to my spouse. Um, I have bipolar disorder and when in the process would I disclose that? Cause it's also mm-hmm. a very stigmatized thing. Right. Right. Um, right. And I'm done having kids, so I don't even have to worry about somebody. I mean, I'm bisexual, so I'm, I may not even end up with a man if that is something happened to my spouse. But like, when do I, I got my diagnosis when I was with him. Like when in the process would I disclose that? Like, when did you decide in the process mm-hmm. that you're going to disclose that? Right. Right. And, and you have to, we have to remember that you need to decide what is what, what are we looking for in a relationship? Right. So is it, is it, so we're specifically talking about herpes. Is right. it a one night stand or is it a long-term relationship? If it's mm-hmm. a one night stand, just have that disclosure right here, right, right now, you know, get, get to the point. Um, because that's all it is. There's no emotion. There's no, like, it's just, you know, yeah, it's very primal, right? Let's just get to it. Now, this is someone that you intend having a long-term relationship with. Then it's like, okay, let's get to know each other. Is this somebody I even want to have sex with? Like, maybe you're great for dinners. Like, I had plenty of guys. I'm like, I love going to dinner with you. Yeah. But that was it. Like, I enjoyed the dinner and, or I enjoyed going to yoga with you, or I enjoyed going to the beach with you, or I enjoyed, yeah, I played beach volleyball with you every Saturday and that was really fun. And we'd go after and have, you know, muffins, but like, that was it, yeah. you know? So there's no need to disclose to that guy. So again, we need to decide what we're looking for in a relationship before we feel like we even have to disclose. Yeah. Um, when did you, if you don't mind answering this, when did you disclose to your spouse? Like, so I told my husband the same day I got herpes. Oh, okay. I know. That's always a shock. Were um, you- we were were you, did you know him previously? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm like, what, so, wait, the timing, right, what's well, going on? <laughs> we were colleagues. We were colleagues. Oh, okay. And so I came into the office and I, I have, I'm, I have Greek, I'm Greek. So I have like that olive skin Yeah. and I walked in and I was like completely white. Like, you know, like that ghost white, like something has just happened yeah. to you. There's no color in your skin and my husband, but not my husband at the right. time. Was not like, at the time. You, yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Like what's, what's wrong? Like, are, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And I lost it. You know, I couldn't keep it in. I like, just like blurted everything out to him and lost it. Um, so he knew about it prior. So you didn't have to like navigate that with him where you're just like, what, what part of this relationship do I tell him? Um, right. how, if you don't mind me asking how, how did that affect you having childbirth? 
I don't know if it's like um, HIV where you like there's certain issues. Yeah, so didn't. Yes. No. no. So okay. So, yeah. So there's there's that's like that was the question I asked on the phone. Oh, okay. When I talked to my my doctor, I was like, um, can I still have children? Because there's all these right. mis- misconceptions. So yeah. Um, as far as getting pregnant, as far as being pregnant in utero, there's no harm concern. Um, it, it is, it is a, um, a virus. It is a skin disease. It's not something that gets passed through, um, to the uterus. It doesn't go in through the umbilical cord. It doesn't get passed on to the baby. It's not hereditary. Okay. A lot of people will say like, Oh, I was born with herpes. And I'm like, mm. no, you weren't, you, you may have picked it up as an, a, a newborn, but right. you were not born with it. Um, it's something that is skin to skin transmission. You have to come in contact with somebody that has it skin to skin. Um, the only concern is during delivery. Mm-hmm. So if the mom has a, an outbreak during delivery, there is a concern of neonatal herpes. And also the big concern is getting it in their eyes. Cause if oh. you get it in your eyes, it can cause you to go blind. Oh, Wow. Uh huh. For for infant for newborns. Yeah. Um. And for adults too. But but then we have more of an immune system and we're able to right take a medication. Yeah. I mean, like a five minute old baby would be a big difference. Um. So that's that's the concern. Um. There's millions and millions and millions of mommies that deliver that have herpes. Um. The thing is, they just don't have an outbreak at that time. Gotcha. And your doctor most likely will put you on. There's an antiviral that he or she will put you on. And, um, as long as you're on it and don't have an outbreak, you're fine to have a vaginal delivery. Thank you for explaining that. Like, I know it's a really personal question, but again, like, I don't know who might be listening. Right. And might have those same concerns. Like I want to have kids, but I don't know how I can navigate this. And like you said, there's so many myths and misconceptions because we're not taught these things. Like, right. Anytime (laughs) we're learning here in the podcast. Right. And I went through IVF and people will ask me like, well, did you have to go through IVF to get pregnant? Cause you have herpes. And I'm like, no, that had nothing to do with herpes. It had absolutely nothing to do with that. And, and people go, well, so like, do you like, you like take the condom off? And I'm like, I, my whole thing is if you're at the point of wanting to have kids with this person, a condom shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Your partner should not be concerned about getting, that should not be the biggest concern in your relationship is getting herpes. If you're ready to have a kid with this person, that is going to be the least of your worries. Um, Obviously, nobody wants to transmit herpes. Nobody wants to get it knowing a partner has it, obviously. But in a relationship, you get to the point of like, all right, you know, I don't, I I don't care if I get it at this point. So a condom should be the least of your worries. But didn't you just say like, if you have an outbreak, that's when you pass it on. Not like, no. So yes, no. Yeah. That's another (laughs) big misconception. So remember how I mentioned, you know, 40 years ago, we didn't know that there were two types. And at that point we, we knew what we knew then was herpes was transmitted only with an outbreak. Oh, and that's not the case anymore. Well, that's not, not anymore. Like it's not like it's changed, but we didn't know that there's a thing called viral shedding. So Obviously, when you have an outbreak, it makes sense that that would be the contagious time, right? That you have like right. an active blister, right? That yeah. makes complete sense. Um, but the virus sheds just like any other virus or any other living thing. It sheds just like it wants to. And so what it does is it sheds the viral DNA and it goes up to the area that you're infected. So in my case, I have it on my tailbone. 
Um, so that area, it would pop up. I have no signs. I have no symptoms. I don't, I don't know that I'm shedding. Oh, gotcha. And so that shedding can be the time that it's transmitted. So that's the thing is people say, well, if I don't have an outbreak, why do I need to disclose to somebody? Well, you don't know if you're shedding. Wow. I had no idea, honestly. I mean, again, yeah. we don't talk about these things, right? right? So what made you want to talk about it? Because a lot of people like don't talk about stigmatized things, right? Because they're scared, which absolutely I understand. Again, I have bipolar disorder, very stigmatized. People have literally physically stepped away from me when they found out, like they don't even realize it, but like stepped back. I'm like, you can't catch it. Like, <laughs> come on now. Right. But there's like these, you know, all this stigma that goes along with it. And for me personally, sharing that with people is to help like combat that stigma. So what inspired you to start sharing? So, as you know, I was talking about, I had another podcast, Sex, Money, Food, and I was asked to speak at a podcast conference. Um, I'm actually going um, in January this month Um, back to it. And anyways, I was asked to speak at it and I was asked to share something vulnerable that allows you to connect with your audience and be more authentic with your audience. And so I shared my whole speech was about, this is what I have. And I was sharing something vulnerable that I have genital herpes. And when I did that, and I'd never shared it with anybody, just my husband, you know, partners, um, my family, you know, that was yeah. the only people that needed to know. Um, and I never shared it publicly. So it was absolutely terrifying to do it on stage in front of a lot of people. And when I did that, I realized a couple of things. Um, number one, the room got really silent. Yeah. Um, but number two, people came up to me and said afterwards, like, I have this too. And I've never shared it just like, you know, only to a partners and I've never shared right. it. And wow. Or they came up to me and said, I don't have herpes, but I have this. So I have right. I'm bipolar or I have sexual trauma or I have this or that or addiction. So I've never shared my vulnerability or my, my insecurity. And so I realized that when I did that, there was no support for people living with herpes. We just get our diagnosis and shut down. Yeah. Um, and that's not right. And, and the more I learned, like people missed out on marriages, people missed out on being parents, people missed out on job opportunities. You know, I've talked to people that said like, well, I really wanted to be a firefighter. And I decided I couldn't because of the, I, you know, the physical stress that might cause outbreaks. And I'm like, no, we need firefighters. Go, go be a firefighter. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so I didn't, I luckily was able to pull through it in a, you know, it took me two years, which is sounds like a long time, but was relatively fast. Um, people have spent decades just sitting in it. Yeah. And that's not right. And that's, that's not right. I know. So did, um, did anybody tell you not to share? So for me, for example, I told you I'm applying to PhD programs and I specifically had our, our psych department chair go, do not tell them you're bipolar, Megan. And I was like, why not? That's a part of me. Like we're stigma researchers. And she goes, I know, but like stigma researchers still have stigma and you don't want to give them a reason to say no to you. So did you have any, and and mind you, she had, it was a reasonable thing to say. Like, it's so true. Did you have anybody in your life? That's like, you shouldn't talk about this. Like you shouldn't disclose this to people. I had a lot of whys would you do that? Why would yeah. you share this? Why? And I still have people, you know, on social media and they're like, 
there's, there's things that should be between you and your partner. And I, and I say, I completely understand. And I'm not sharing intimate details of my sex life. Right. So that's, that's different. I'm sharing, this is what happened. 80% of the population has it. And I don't want you to be like I was and, and be what I call the Eeyore phase. So when you Mm. lead with your why of like, I am doing this because I know that it's going to help people. I'm doing this because I know there's people that will commit suicide over this. I'm doing this because people will hold themselves back and stay in the Eeyore phase for decades or for their life. Forever. Yeah. Forever. I, I completely understand that. That's actually part of the reason I'm so transparent about it. And on social media, like, like, you know, to my friends and stuff, like on Facebook. And I had like several friends come to me and go, I think I have bipolar disorder. Like you sharing your symptoms and stuff. Like, I think I do too. And I was like, well, I am not a professional. (laughs) I am a, I'm studying social psychology. Not like I'm not a licensed mental health professional, but I'm like, go talk to your doc, like your psychiatrist. And if you don't have one, get one to get diagnosed because it's important we have these conversations. Now, I don't think everybody needs to tell their story, right? Because it's a personal choice, but when we have these conversations, it allows other people to be able to get the help that they need. Right. And you're not the only one. Right. Yeah. You said like, what did you say? Like 80% of people have like a type of herpes. Mm-hmm. So one, definitely type one or type two. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And most of us wouldn't even, wouldn't even know that. So like, right. I give you full kudos for, for sharing because like, like you said, you have people that are like, why are you sharing? Like you keep right. that to yourself. Like, but it's your story, right? You said, I'm not talking about my sex life. And I feel the same way as like, I will tell my personal story, what I've experienced, but I'm not going to go tell my spouse's story or anybody else's story. Right. 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 And when you look at it from, again, there's a lot that come cause it's sex, right? And right. It, well, you got that because you know why you got it. Or we have all these adjectives that we use to describe um, somebody that has an STD and, you know, promiscuous and the slut and the whore and you slept around and you're dirty and whatever it is. And all of a sudden you go, well, why would you share that? Because it's basically giving people permission to say like, you are a total whatever, Alexandra. And what I realize is I detach from that. Like I know who I am. And I really don't care what your perception is of me, because if I act this way, you're going to have a perception of I act this way. You're going to have a perception regardless of how I act. And if you look at, and and I kind of look at, you know, um, what they do and I'm specifically referring to the crown because I was watching that recently, (laughs) but anytime something happened with, with queen Elizabeth, or she's like, man, I got to break this, got to break the news. She always came out with it first before the media could. Right. So she could tell yeah. her story as hard as those stories were. Um, and you just look at it like, I'm going to tell my story. And once I tell it, yeah, you can't say anything about me. And people yeah. don't realize it's like a roll of the dice. It could be your very first partner that you get an STD from. Right. I said I was a hoe. I was promiscuous in my 20s. I don't care what people think about that. And I didn't end up with an STD. I mean, I get tested all the time, not all the time. I mean, I'm, I've been married for 12 years, but like regularly, like, you know, your regular testing. And as far as I know, I don't, I mean, I could, like you said, you can have like, you know, it could stay dormant for a long time. 
Well, here's the thing too, is when you're getting tested for STDs, herpes isn't included in the STD test. Oh, okay. I did not know that. So you have a lot of people that are like, Hey, I'm getting tested. I'm being a responsibly sexually active adult. I am getting tested. I'm doing these things, but herpes isn't included. So you specifically have to ask for that. So there's, so most time I will know to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah. And most people have it and don't know they have it because they're asymptomatic. Majority of people with herpes are asymptomatic. Right. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I had no idea that that was not part of the testing, which is, scary. I also found out from somebody that they don't regularly test you for HIV either, which is kind of scary. I'm like, wouldn't that just be part of all of it? And they're like, no, not all doctors just regularly test you for HIV. And I'm like, I thought when you go and you get these tests, they test you for all of the things. Right. Cause that's what you think. Right. I mean, if there's no blood, if there's no like finger prick, then they would right. have no way of testing you for HIV. So that would be, if you take blood, <laughs> that's yeah. a good sign. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, every time I've gone to my OBGYN, they don't take blood. Like they just take like the scraping and test the that. Scrape so in the urine. Yeah. 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 And so that makes total sense now. So I'll make sure next time I get tested, which like I said, it's regular. My spouse, um, for his job, he had to get tested regularly. He was in the military and so they uh, yearly, it's a yearly thing. Like he's like, I've been married for like ever. And they're like, we don't care. Like, we don't know what you and your spouse are doing. We need to know these things. Right. Right. And so they get, they got re- tested regularly. So, I mean, I don't know what they tested him for either. So that's, you know, right. yeah. You just I mean, don't know. And it is important. Like same, same thing. Like I'm, I'm in a monogamous relationship and, and, you know, I always tell my doctor, like, you don't need to test me. Like, you know, my husband, like you personally know us, you've been to our home. Like yeah. he, he's like, I don't care. I'm still testing right. you. He tests me every year. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to pass the herpes one. So don't even do that. Like right. <laughs> you just that one. Yeah. But you just don't know. It's valid for doctors to be like, well, you just don't know. So like, you know, it happens to people like a lot where it's like, no, my spouse is like faithful. And then they find out they're not. And sometimes they find out they're not because they got tested and they find exactly. out, Ooh, you're positive for this. Exactly. And yeah, that happens that, a lot. Yeah. It's good to know. And for everybody listening to know that the herpes test is not a regular thing because you would think it is, but right. apparently it's not. That's wild. That's good. That's news to me. And I am 36 years old. <laughs> And that's, that's why herpes is, is herpes is promiscuous, right? That's why yeah. herpes is promiscuous. We're not promiscuous. That's why her, because people don't know they have it and the virus lies dormant. And so people don't have symptoms and they, they just, they don't know. And if you don't know, you can't do anything about it. And right. so, like you said, like there's obviously, so for example, Obviously, if you sleep with a hundred people, you're far more at risk at picking up. Let's just yeah. use herpes. Like obviously, if you sleep with a hundred people versus with one person, clear, like clearly that there's that's there's simple math there. Yeah. However, that one person has an eighty percent chance of having herpes, and that's a high number, right? Yeah. And the, and and let me break down that eighty percent because people are like, what? So HSV one roughly, and these numbers change yearly based on, but roughly 67% of the population is diagnosed with HSV-1. That's diagnosed. Right. And that's the one, like typically it's a typically cold source. Cold source. But now more people are being diagnosed genitally with HSV-1. Gotcha. And then 
HSV2, like I said, roughly 13% of the population. These are people that are diagnosed with it. Um, 90% of the people with, with, with genital herpes will never be diagnosed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when you take 13% and 67% of both types, roughly that's 80%. Um, so again, that one person has an 80% chance of having herpes. And a lot of people have cold sores, right? I mean, I've never personally had one, but like a lot of people that I know two out of three people, Yeah, yeah, two out of three people. And nobody thinks about the fact like this can, you can pass it generally. You just don't, uh, it's just wild. We are not taught these things. This right. Is, it's an important conversation. <laughs> right. We would never look at someone that has a cold sore and be like, gosh, I don't know if I should go and be in a relationship with them. Or I don't know if I should let them go down on me. Um, but if we just, Hey, I have genital herpes. People are like, Whoa, right. Whoa. I don't know if I want to do that. Right. So you have people with cold sores that are living their best life, not thinking anything of it. And you have people with genital herpes diagnosed with the same diagnosis going, I can never, they go into an Eeyore. They have the rain cloud over them. They can't get out of bed. They do self-harm, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, why would it based on one location? Yeah. But I mean, right now I'm doing a research project on the uh, different levels of stigmas between mental illnesses. So like depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and schizophrenia. And a lot of the research shows that bipolar disorder and schizophrenia are more stigmatized, but they're all mental illnesses, right? Like they're all like, they can all range in severity. Somebody with depression can have more severe symptoms than somebody with like schizophrenia. Like it, it, it ranges in severity, but you have these different things that are stigmatized differently. So, I mean, not same, same, but similar, right? How yeah. things are stigmatized differently, even though- Right, it's they, like, ooh, you don't want that one. Right, mm. ooh, no, you don't want schizophrenia, but it's okay if you have major depressive disorder, which can lead to suicidal ideation. Like- um, people don't right. realize they, they think like these disorders themselves are more severe than the other. And that's, that's a misconception because each disorder can vary in severity, right? right? Like you could have like a more quote unquote mild case of bipolar disorder, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which right. is still pretty wild of a ride, but like, then somebody could have like severe anxiety and not be able to leave their house. Like, you know, but anyways, as we wrap up the podcast today, yeah, because the time goes by really fast. I know. <laughs> I get chatting and I'm like, we could talk forever about this. But I'm like, oh, there's a time limit. Okay. What would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? I would just say we all have we all have our diagnosis or like mine is herpes. We all have our oh shit moment of like, oh no, this is not what I planned for. This is not what I wanted. And Instead of pulling away from it, instead of like being a victim to it, instead of like, I call it Eeyore, you know, having the rain cloud over your, your head every single day about it, know that you're, you're given issues that you can handle. It wouldn't be given to you if you couldn't handle it. And, um, you are going to come out the other and a stronger person because of it. I love that you say Eeyore because there's a lot of things going around about how the different um, animals in Winnie the Pooh have di- represent different mental illnesses. Right? Really? 
Yeah, they talk about how Tigger has got to be ADHD because he's like so bouncy and like, <laughs> you know, Piglet has anxiety, that sort of thing. So like so I, funny. when you're talking about Eeyore, I'm like, oh yeah, Eeyore is like depression. Like that's what they say. Yeah. It's like Eeyore is like the depression. Like he's sad a lot, but then like he can be happy sometimes when he's with his friends, right? Like, right. So I totally get the, like when you keep right. saying Eeyore, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh-huh. I totally yeah Eeyore yeah so but don't let this hold you back it's okay to be in a phase of like shock or what do Mm -hmm. I do but know that there's people out there there's podcasts there's you know social media there's there's resources now that you can find a community and I think that's educate yourself on whatever it is that you're going through that you're having a hard time with and then be find a community that can support you with this whatever one you and I have one (laughs) so check it out because we'll link all the things that I was provided up in the show notes so people can connect with you um but Alexandra thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for sharing your story it's such an important thing like I said I've never shared anything about STDs STIs before on the podcast because it was so taboo right but those are my favorite topics right (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today Thank you, Megan. I loved it. It was so much fun. And um, yeah, you guys just, just hit it face on. Do it. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.